All right, the beta. The test. The beta test okay, for go. the pour over pod. Here we go. Why is it the pour over pod? Because I've been doing pour over coffees for the last three years every morning. Therapeutic. How is it therapeutic? Talk, talk to me about that. Well, you drop the kids off. And before, so I've been doing all 1099 work, mm-hmm. working out of the house and remotely. So you really don't have an office to go to. Although it was the library for a long time. Right. Very underrated resource for people, especially out here in the gig economy. Uh, I didn't see enough people in there. I thought I'd see more. Um, I think it's mostly because people want and need to be on the phone and needed to be vocal as opposed to go to a place where you can have resources that are obviously free, but also a place to have some quiet and uh, removal. So not as much in the library anymore as still at home. And my partner and I, who he got off the financial desk last year and we just started, uh, I don't know, kind of fell into every morning at nine. Once the kids are dropped off, having a little pour over session, we went to when we, we actually one of the places we went to is Spokane. And when we go to um, all these cities that we're visiting, whether it's a college basketball game or it's a client that we're, we're meeting with or we're just traveling just to kind of get some business development going. We inevitably find the, the best pour over place, at least what people say it is. And sometimes it's off the beaten path. Find out what beans they're using, what's local, where they're getting them from, and what their method was. And we, uh, that curiosity actually helps the process when you go to those places. And it led to us doing it on our own, realizing we can do this, get a few pieces of apparatus, a little uh, stainless steel barista warrior filter, and uh, find the beans. And if you get hooked on some beans, which we do, keep them fresh. And every morning, just 15 minutes of personal therapy. So take me, take me through this. Like every morning, 9 o'clock hits. Yep. How, what's the step-by-step process to get you in that good mental space? So you're, you're 22 grams of beans. You're grinding them in a burr grinder. Uh, that usually yields about 320 to 350 grams of water. I get the water at 200. So that, you know, it's, it's very procedural. There's a, there's a, a cadence to it, you know, grinding the beans to getting your water heated up. As we found out today in our coffee, I'm, I've turned to oat milk. I'm, right. uh, I'm not Delicious. a, my guy's a, a straight coffee black guy. I like to have a little bit of, uh, of milk and I used to do Aulays with 2%, but um, now turned to the oat milk a little bit more healthy, but I like the taste of it. And I got a, a nice Breville milk steamer frother let that run while we're in the second of three pours. So we do 50, gra- 50 grams of water, and then you have, uh, I usually go 100, 100, 100. I do it in four, but we were starting at 50, 150, 150. So 350 would get out of your 22, 24 grams. But it's just, you're not thinking about anything but that. You know, and usually we get on the phone with each other and start talking about our day. He's up in Tiburon, I'm down here in San Jose, and if we're not going to the same place or meeting halfway or traveling together, it's just to get our day set. You know, it's it's the modern day gig economy version of getting your morning coffee in the office that all the old baby boomers used to do. Because <laughs> that's all they had was someone else making bad pot of coffee. Right. At six in the morning that sat there just steaming and heating and burning yeah. and rotting for three hours before you got to work. So, I mean, the, the coffee culture, even the food culture, has it's just exploded over the past couple of mm-hmm. years. And, you know, people, it's almost become like a religion. And in your experiences with getting to know and getting more experience with this coffee thing, have you 
found other people like you and and what's been what's that process been like in terms of you know the obsession becoming just part of your lifestyle yeah i'm hoping this can kind of expose that i think this is a placeholder for what you know i'd like to do on a regular basis and voicing some of the rolodex if you will bringing people in that i have done business with worked with and everyone's going to assume it's going to be basketball related mm-hmm. there will be basketball undertones because i can't avoid that i'm always going to be <laughs> i'm always going to be referred to as coach which is kind of funny in the business that we're doing and consulting for startups uh, mostly in sport tech um, now moving towards a little bit of some cannabis opportunities of course um, everybody refers to me as coach because you give them the backstory when you coach for 25 years yep. it's just easy to call coach so when I expose that we're doing this now, um, I think a lot of people have an appreciation for it and, and not to downplay or, or dismiss where it all started, but really when Starbucks started popping these shops up on every school corner, when I would go recruit and needed a place to go that wasn't the library per se, you'd basically pop up in this you know modern remote office called Starbucks. Right. But then I also realized that the bulk coffee that they were, and I didn't grow up drinking coffee. Yeah, I only started doing that when I started, you know, they started coming up and sure. recruiting. So maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Of course, the airports, when they, they popped up there too and went down the, about two blocks down the Frappuccino Road before I realized this is not, <laughs> this is not good. Like, right. I'd yeah, rather yeah. go home and make my own milkshake than this. And I, I think, you know, I think people have an acquired taste for it. I think they appreciate it. And I, and I think in talking about what Dan and I do when we go out and, and travel and, and try to start our morning with the poor or somewhere, it, it seems to have, seems to, in what we're doing, bring people together. You know, it's, it's less of popping up your laptop in a coffee shop, more about letting that process happen. I think we're, we've grown up used to, like I said, pot of coffee, throw it in, let it heat, either drink it black, add some cream, add some sugar. Obviously, coffee has become a much more lucrative business, but it's also become uh, more of a culture in that there's an appreciation for the different types of beans. One of, one of our partners, our silent partners, actually has fields in Kona where he has Kona beans that they go through a, this. There's a reason why they're $80 a pound. They go through this process of uh, drying them out almost like raisins, keeping the flavor. And when he brought his first batch back about a year and a half ago, that's really when it hit me like, okay, this is what this, it's almost like, like when you, when you get a bad wine and you start drinking really good wine, yep. like you can tell, you can tell it's not bitter. It's not sour. You can actually, if you really pay attention and cleanse your palate, you can taste the notes, but it, it just, it, it's not that we're experts or connoisseurs as much as we just appreciate it a lot more. Sure, yeah. And it just puts us in a good therapeutic state of mind to start your day every day, almost like a I wouldn't call it a Zen-like deal, but it's it's really I, I say that all the time. It's it's 15 minutes of just all right. Nothing else is happening but this. We'll talk about our day, you know. At the end of the day, you get your your one cup of coffee that you control and how you like it. You know, yeah. it's uh, Phil's obviously is taking the pour over <laughs> to a whole nother <laughs> yeah, level. Yeah. But I'll tell you something else too, just from an economic standpoint, Ben. I mean, buying a pound of beans at 12 bucks that are good beans, especially if they're you know catching when they're on sale, and then. Uh, you know, you're supplying your own milk if you do that, whatever sweetener if you use it. You know, it's you're not paying for that uh, effort that you're putting into it. So from an economical standpoint, if you are a regular coffee drinker, even past two a day, I highly recommend if you have the t- time to learn your own pour over method. That's good to know my wife is killing me because I, every, I take I take our daughter out for a walk every morning. Just grab a quick pizza and she's, she's killing me. You're like, we got to save some money somehow. So we'll chat um, <laughs> offline about that. But oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll end the, uh, the inaugural, the beta episode on this. What is the 
best cup of pour over coffee you've ever had? It's a great question. In, in the short time we've been paying attention to what's what, I, 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 know, I know exactly what it is. And I referenced that Spokane for a reason. When, mm -hmm. when my partner and I went up to the Washington-Gonzaga game last December, we went to a, a local place that had a, a bean called Santa Clara Honey. Okay. Um, have not been able to uh, get it back, although when we go back in December, I hope that it's there and it's a seasonal thing. Um, and that with the oat milk, a little bit of the, you know, two-thirds to a third oat milk was so far the best one I've had. Wow. And, and you know, I like at home to, I'll throw some sweetener in it, whether it's syrup or something, just to just to give it a little, but this was, didn't have to touch it. I mean, it was it was a phenomenal being it was poured right and you know what you know the other thing too about it when you when you're engaged in the pour over process it's going to sound kind of crazy but when the when the the guy or the gal that's making the pour over and un, and and knows and you have a conversation about it so inevitably we'll say okay what's the what's your method you know what's your ratio you know tell them what kind of scale we have at home you know do we have a Hario scale? Are we using what kind of cone are we using? Like it, you engage with them. I think they know you appreciate it that you're not just coming to get a cup of coffee because this is a coffee place. Mm -hmm. Like you sought this place out, and you know there, there's some care that goes into that. And there's a lot more. It, it's it's interactive too, and I think it really leads itself to what we need more of, which is you know less of us communicating on the phone with the barrier and more face to face. I think it leads itself to that. So. Our goal one day is if we're successful in what we're doing, whether it's me going back to coaching, him going back to finance, or us taking this consulting thing to a level we can stay where we're at and raise our kids, is to eventually open a coffee shop where you do your own pour over. There we go. So you literally come in, whether you brought your own beans or not, we would certainly have them. You bring your own, and we would have stations set up, and you know we'd figure out an economical way for us to supply what we need to, certainly the tools. And you literally go in there and make your own pour over. So I, my vision of that, my vision of that, I should say, is you and I are having a conversation that's going to last more than me and you waiting in a line for our sure. you know, name to be called at Starbucks, whether it's correct or not, whatever they put on the yeah. cup. <laughs> I, I think it's a, a great idea. Um, so basically, it's the better version of Kramer's idea of make your own pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down the Seinfeld route just yet. This, when, when I brought this, this, when I vetted this idea of doing this pod over the summer to a lot of people and told them what it was about, there was at least one comment like, so this is the Seinfeld of podcasts. This <laughs> yeah. is a pod about nothing. Well, it's about nothing and everything. And this is obviously where it starts. A great reference point to wrap up our beta test for our, our pour over pod. And uh, looking forward to exposing a lot of different uh, aspects of our culture route coming across. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, the 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 Kate the 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 regularity. I guess I guess if, if people say well, you have to do this every Thursday at three, people are going to expect yep. that. I think the randomness and what we'll do is the structure. And obviously, you want to give something that's a little bit different. People may not expect and maybe appeal to a few different uh, avenues and people and, uh, and and cultures, but. Nevertheless, there's a lot to cover, and uh, look forward to doing it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think once this gets rolling, and you know, you find the rhythm, I think it's as you found, you know, pour over coffee to be therapeutic, and people are going to find this therapeutic. Absolutely, it's, just, it's a people love talking over coffee, and uh, I think that's what people are going to do when they listen to this. When we talk about wrestling, that's up to you. Oh yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that on. Yeah, we'll go back to the Cobra Clutch. Exactly. We'll go back to Mean Gene. There you go. Oh yeah, that was a big part of my childhood. Oh. Not not as big as others, but I distinctly remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's golden age right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was I grew up in it. So. Well, coffee and wrestling. That's a that's a separate. That's a sub podcast that we're working on. There you on. go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody.